Good evening, Life Church. It's good to see all of you tonight. I love your smiling faces. Good to be in the house of the Lord together. Glad that we're here. I know it's going to be a good time in the Word before the Lord tonight. Also, welcome to those online. We're so glad that you could join us. We believe it's going to be a good time, even for those of you that are watching from on line tonight. A uh, few announcements that we'll go over before we go into the offering. This Saturday, January the 14th, um, there's going to be the memorial service here for Kathy Parks. And the church will be providing dinner for the family. And if you would like to help with that, you can sign up out at guest services. So right after service, just go out there, look for the sign up, or you can ask Rebecca and she will uh, help you make arrangements if you need something like that done. I believe it is at 2 p.m. So um, you, you can sign up and someone will contact you and then go from there. Also on Sunday, January the 29th, Rick Renner is going to be here for service. Hallelujah. It'll be a great time in the Lord. Wonderful teacher of the word. Come prepared, ready to receive because it will be a good time of revelation and impartation of the things of the Lord. Hallelujah. Also, uh, this coming next month, Excuse me, February the 12th at 6 p.m. Apparently it's Super Bowl. I don't know. We don't watch sports at my house. But uh, they are going to do a Super Bowl party that Sunday at 6 p.m. over at the student ministry buildings. Um, we will provide taco meat, chips, um, and queso. Um, and then you can also sign up out in gift services to bring a side item or a snack, something like that. And you know what? I cannot think of a better group of people to get with if you're going to do something like that. Because you know you're going to be men and women of God that are going to be there encouraging one another. There's not going to be a bunch of garbage going on uh, and you don't remember it the next day or whatever. But there's going to be a lot of fun in the Lord going on, but with your brothers and your sisters. So hallelujah for that. Also, that Sunday morning, if you would like, you could come uh, to church and wear your favorite team jersey to church. Now, my favorite jersey is a Lake Church jersey, so that's what I'll be wearing. But come and bring your uh, jerseys, whatever team it is. Just be respectful, okay, because you know what? Football does not really matter eternally. So we're not going to get in a fight over it, but we'll come wearing our jerseys. Hallelujah. However, church will, so Lake Church jerseys. Way to go. Hallelujah. (laughs) But it'll be a fun time of fellowship and being together and celebrating Team Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, As we transition into our giving tonight, I was thinking about the Word of God and what this church is about. And I was thinking how Pastor has been teaching us with the word train, how to train his people to reign. And you know, every time that we give into the kingdom of God, we are reigning in life and we're training ourselves. We're training others. Do you know that when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, that is a form of training. That goes forward. Whenever someone is healed, that is training in life. We're learning how to rule and how to access the things that God has provided for us upon this earth. Whenever the children have, um, there, there are things that go on over there. We're teaching those kids to reign and to be people of God over there and the youth to be people of God to you and me to be people of God. We're teaching our money that it doesn't have control over us, that it is invested into the kingdom. So we're learning, we're training 
training ourselves to reign as the people that God created us to be. And it's going to be a good thing. So I'm going to pray tonight. And then um, there's all the different ways to give. Of course, you can give on the seat back in the envelopes, which you can drop in the back on your way out in the basket there. You can also give online at lake-church.com. Just click the giving tab. You can also give through the app. And if you've not loaded that, super easy uh, to go to the Church Center app, load that, put in the zip. Lake Church pops right up, and once you have that, it's so easy. Plus, the announcements are out there, so great thing to have. And you can also give through text to give, and the instructions for that are also on the seat back if you've not done that. And that is my favorite way. You can literally do it in the parking lot, sitting at a desk, um, sitting on the couch, whatever you want to do. Uh, going down the highway, you can text to give. So I want to encourage you. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to encourage you to, to do what you need to do. Hallelujah. Let me pray. And then you can give no matter how you give. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. You're so good to us, father. And we just love you. And we just thank you today. Lord, we just thank you today that as we give, we are training, we are reigning in life. And we thank you for it, Father, for the dominion and authority that you have given us if we choose to operate in it, Father. So we thank you right now, Lord, for all that you're doing, all the lives that are changed as we reign in life. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Glory. Good after evening. Well, I had a nap, so it's kind of like morning. So, so you know how that works. Uh, I am glad to be here. This is my second home and uh, my family. And if you don't like me as family too bad, you're stuck with me for eternity. So, uh, I'm honored to be honored to be here and uh, ministering tonight. And uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. And so, uh, I hope that uh, it's my prayer that the Lord will anoint your ears to hear, uh, anoint me to speak so that together uh, that anointing will cause an impartation to happen and uh, revelation will come so that there can be transformation. Amen. And so uh, let's go ahead and pray and then we're going to get into the word and uh, I'm going to do uh, my best and you can do your best and we'll all be best. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here tonight. Lord, to sit under your word. It's not this way in in many parts of the earth, many places, Lord, they have to hide to come together and to be able to just receive the word and they have to do it in secret. And Lord, we thank you that we are in a place where we can do it openly and we can do it, Father God, uh, without any restrictions, without any inhibition. Father God, we, we are so thankful for that. Thank you for giving us uh, this place. Thank you for the work you're doing here. And thank you for the word that's going to come forth tonight. Lord, I believe you to anoint their ears to hear and my lips to speak, Father, so that together it produces revelation in their life. And Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. We're going to be uh, talking about, um, will you be made whole? And uh, I know that pastors started a uh, series on here, uh, healing here and be healed. And so 
uh, I had uh, thought I was going to do something else, and I thought, you know, why, why not just go on down this line and go ahead and bring this so that we continue along the flow of what pastor's doing, and, and I know that this probably won't fit exactly in or, or be the same as what he would have done, but um, I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Amen? And so we're going to be looking at, we're going to be reading John uh, 5, 1 through 9, but, uh, you know, I believe it's the Lord's will, not only that people be healed, but they be whole. And I don't know if you, you know, one of the things you probably should do when you're reading the word, especially the, the, the gospels where Jesus is talking about, you know, where he brings healing to people. Many times he says, your faith has made you whole or heal and be whole, right? Be healed and be whole, right? Um, Jesus is not just about fixing your body. He's about complete and total wholeness. Hello? Uh, at the point of your salvation, the Lord intended, or he made provision for you, that not only your spirit would be reborn, but that your whole body would be made whole. You see, when Adam fell in the garden, what happened was he became less than whole. He became less than whole mentally. He became less than whole because of the spirit residing in him left a hole when he left. And, of course, now he's got to deal with death happening in his members. You know, the law of sin brought in death. And because of that, we have to fight this. We have to fight this all of our life. Our bodies were never meant to die. They weren't built to die. You weren't built to die. You were built to be eternal. You were built to live forever. Your spirit man is the only part of, well, your soul, actually, your spirit and your soul remained eternal even though your body didn't. And so because of that, God, when he, through Christ Jesus, redeemed us, then what he did was he made a way for us to be totally whole again. Now, the deal is we have to, by faith, receive that. We have to, by faith, appropriate that. Because some of the things that we lost, that we had by virtue of, of being created that way, now we have to reappropriate because we're living in a world that says that that's not the case for us anymore. Hello? Because the fallen nature in the fallen world, um, it, it doesn't, Satan doesn't want what we lost in that. Satan doesn't want us to regain. And so I kind of look at the, the New Testament, you know, in light of the promised land. Because in the New Testament, this new covenant, everything that uh, God wants us to have to live in a land flowing with milk and honey is there. And, and it, so for me, the promised land was a place where the provision of God was going to be reinstated to the children of Israel. But it's going to be a place where there's battles going to be fought. And now in this New Testament thing that we live in, it's a place that's flowing with milk and honey. Hello? And everything we need is there, but there's going to be a battle to get it. We have to fight the fight of faith. If it's not, if there's no fight, it's not faith. And so you and I have to understand that God has made this provision, but it's not just going to happen uh, just, you know, to you because you just accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. You're going to have to appropriate it. There's going to be a battle for it because your enemy doesn't want you to have it, right? So let's go to John chapter 5 and verses 1 through 9. And we're going to talk about uh, this guy for a little bit. And then I want to lay some things out for you. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. 
and having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an, who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he'd already been there in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was a Sabbath day. All right, so let's look at this interaction between Jesus and this man. Because here you got a situation where obviously this man had some hope or some desire to be healed because he was coming at this specific time. Now, I learned something from Pastor Greg that I, that I didn't know uh, and he, he did this by, he, he really didn't have any idea that I was going to be talking about this particular scripture tonight, but he, he made the statement, and you can, can correct me if I'm wrong, that this was happening during atonement. This was part of uh, some, so this, this troubling of the water was more of a, a, a yearly thing than an all-time thing. So these people didn't come, uh, this was a one-time-a-year opportunity. They weren't laying out there every day like, you know, we kind of assume that they're just laying out there waiting for the water to be troubled. This, was, this is like they know something's going to happen this day and all these people are gathering, right? And so Jesus has to go through this great multitude of people to even get to this one man, right? So this man had some kind of desire to be healed because he's there, right? Somebody had to help him there. I don't know why the guy didn't stay. Right? Because he knows it's going to be a race as soon as the water's trouble. I mean, can you imagine being there in that situation, knowing that there's an opportunity for you to be whole, and you, you're, you're like in, ready, set in a race, and then somebody beats you. And now all hope is gone for another year. Right? And so here's this guy, and Jesus walks up to him, and he says, hey, do you want to be well? Well, we know he did because he was there. But instead of the guy saying, yes, I want to be well, what does he say? Well, um, I don't have no help to get me there. Okay, so from the jump, you're already making excuses why you're never going to get it. You're, you're already, Jesus didn't ask him uh, why he couldn't. You know, sometimes we believers, you know, people ask us, well, what's going on with you? And we tell them why we can't. Well, you know, I, I just want to do the butt. And they get their butts in the way. Right? Right? We need to get our butts out of the way. Right? Yeah, butt doesn't belong with the child of God. Well, I know the word says that, but. Well, right there, you just canceled everything that you know the word says. Come on. And so here's this guy. Now, I don't know why he did this because, you know, back in that day, the kids, they all went to school and, and school wasn't like our school. They weren't just teaching them reading, writing, arithmetic, right? I don't know that they teach that now, but anyway, um, (laughs) but, um, 
anyway, so they're, they're, they're schooled in, in not only that, but they're schooled in their history. They're schooled in the covenants. They're schooled in the, in the provision that they have under the law of Moses. They're, they're, they're not schooled like we are. They're schooled in the Bible, right? It wasn't just ministers, you know, they, they built what they built their faith into, uh, into their whole culture. And it, and it was the basis of their whole culture. And, and so therefore this guy, he knows what the law and the prophets said. He knows he's probably heard Psalm 103. It existed, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgiveth thine iniquities, who healeth thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, right? He probably knows that, so he knows that there's a promise out there, but Instead, what's he say? Well, sir, I don't have anybody to take me to the water. And, and as, I'm, as I'm dragging my, you know, dead limbs to the water, somebody beats me and then here I am. See, this guy, he had to know that it was there. Why would I go there unless I'm hoping? But he gives excuses. Too many times, folks, our focus is on the wrong thing. And instead of answering the question, uh, do you want to be made whole? We, we, we answer the question why we can't. There are, there, are, there are people in my church and have been in my church where I preach this. I preach wholeness. I preach that God wants you whole. He don't want you uh, just healed. He wants you whole. He wants you whole spirit, soul, and body. And, and, but there are people that will tell me uh, concerning their affliction, well... I said, God can, God can help you with that. God can, God can fix that. Well, you know, uh, it's just my burden to bear. You sit under a guy that will tell you that God wants better for you and you're going to choose this. I think some people are afraid of you losing their stuff or their condition. If I get healed, I might have to go to work. Lose my disability. Did I say that? I'm sorry. It must be the Pastor Greg anointing. So I'm blaming that if I, if I say stuff that's, you know, kind of crossways like that. It's Pastor Greg anointing. So, you know, they, they don't want their situation to change. They, they, they don't like the pain. They don't like the inconvenience, but they don't want to lose their benefits. I've got, I'm going to throw this in there. I shouldn't, but I will. I got... I got some people that I'm trying to work with, trying to help, that won't get married because they'll lose their Section 8 housing. Because as long as they don't have a piece of paper that says they're connected, they can, they can get a discount on their homes. Well, dear God, you know, make a covenant with God, you know. You don't, the, listen, that piece of paper is just man's recognition. It don't make you any more married than if you stand before the Lord, before a minister in a congregation to make a covenant. Well, some of you might not agree with that, and that's okay. But bottom line, poor Adam and Eve, they weren't really married because, you know, they didn't have a piece of paper that said that they were legal. And in case they had to go to lawyers to get a divorce, they needed that paper, you know, so they could, you know. Not, not. What I hope to do tonight in my time is to stir up your hearts and your minds in a way that you'll say, I know that God wants me to be made whole. I, I hope to stir you up where you will uh, not say uh, why you can't be made whole. 
see, part of the problem is we, we focus on the problem more than the solution. And I don't, I don't see anywhere where Jesus said, look to the problem. Or the apostles said, look to the problem. I see, uh, I was listening to Brother Hagin the other night because I'm dealing with something in my body. And, and so I'm just trying to build myself up. I'm listening to the healing. I'm, I'm reading healing scriptures. I'm doing these things. And I'm fighting the fight of faith. And it's, a, it's been a process. Um, I talked to a doctor today. They said that I had kidney issues and had some things going on. Wanted to send me to a kidney doctor. And I didn't want to go. Want to send me to a specialist, you know? So I just begin to speak over that. Said my numbers are are stable; they're good. It's not gotten any worse. Now, it's, and uh, I was anemic, and they said that's getting better. And you know, they checked all these things out and said you're good. And so, uh, but I've got this other thing that I'm working on. So I'm listening to Brother Hagen, and he said that he was dealing with some symptoms, and he said that he. He, uh, he, he couldn't go to sleep and he just, every time he'd drift off to sleep, he'd just shoot awake and, 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 you know, the, the symptoms would be there. And he said, so he said, I heard the Lord say, you know how brother Hagen, you know, always hears the Lord like that. I heard the Lord say, consider not. And he reminded me that Abraham considered not. And he said, so I said, Lord, I'm going to consider not. I'm going to consider not. And he said, I started considering not. And he said, I fell off to sleep, but just as soon as I went to sleep, I woke right back up. And then he said, I I thought, well, Lord, I'm considering not. And then he said, consider him. A lot of times we try to consider not without considering him. He said, and so I began to consider Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And he said, I went right off to sleep. And he said, guess what? I got up the next day and every symptom was gone. Why? Because I'm considering him. Right? So we're never told to focus on the problem. Here this guy is focusing on the problem, but why he can't. We need to focus on him and why we can. Amen? And so the question is, will you be made whole? It's not, the question is not, can you be made whole or do you want to be made whole? The question is, will you be made whole? Amen? And, and so to answer that question, you're the only one with the power to do that. Listen, there's several ways, and I'm sure pastor's going to cover it. There's several ways that, that we can receive healing. Uh, a gift of the Spirit can show up, and, and without you doing anything, the, the, the Lord can say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal you. I mean, listen, you can't be in any more trouble than the widow of, man, widow of Nan's son, can you? Because here's this kid, he's totally gone, right? Mom's, mom's carting him off for the burial, and Jesus sees him. Did that, that kid didn't say, hey, Jesus, can you do something for me? I'm kind of dead here. Is there any way that you can help me? He didn't say a word, did he? Jesus looked over at mom, didn't say, Jesus, please raise up my boy, did she? She's just walking. And the Bible said Jesus had compassion, right? And then all of a sudden, a gift of, a gift of the spirit, gift of healing, working of miracles rises up in Jesus. Special faith rises up in Jesus and he raised the boy up. The boy had nothing to do with it. So you can get healing that way. Sadly, Pentecostals want it only that way. Well, it's easy for somebody to come along and just lay hands on us and make us whole. We were talking to a gentleman that, who was a father in faith and, and, and for me, and uh, he had been dealing with cancer. And uh, 
you know, we're talking to him, me and my brother, and we're saying, hey, listen, uh, God wants to heal you. Let's, let's begin to believe the word. Let's begin, to, let's begin to stand on the word. And he said, oh, I just need a man of God with the power of God to come and lay hands on me to raise me up. He's looking for somebody else to come do it for him. It's just like asking, do you want to be made whole? And he's saying, well, if I have a man of God, though, that comes and lays hands on me, I will be. But otherwise, I'm sunk. I can't do it on my own. Well, what happened to him? Well, he went, he went before his time. God never intended him to go that way. He was a great man of God. He worked in miracles, signs, and wonders, and, and you know, very precise prophecy. The anointing that's on my brother came from, from him. And so anyway, God can do it that way, right? God can do it through the prayer of faith, right? Did you know that the prayer of faith is not uh, just done by the elders? Because before the prayer of faith, it says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That's not talking about the elders. That's talking about you believers. Confess your faults one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. How many righteous men? How many righteous women are in this house tonight? What makes you righteous? How much you read your Bible? How much you pray? No. What Jesus did, he who knew no sin became sin so we could become the righteousness of God in him. So what makes you righteous? Jesus makes you righteous, not you. So that means because of what he did when I pray, and I pray fervently, the, uh, the Amplified says the effectual heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. When I pray a heartfelt prayer, then power is released, right? So... You can be healed by praying for one another. You can be healed by calling for the elders of the church, and they'll anoint them with oil. But, you know, in that case, the misnomer there is uh, that uh, we call for every cold or every flu or everything that's going on. That's not what that means. That scripture is talking about when you can't do anything for yourself, you are incapacitated. Then call for the elders of the church who will anoint you with oil. Right? And they'll, they'll pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. Amen. So you can get healed that way. Or you can get healed by going ahead and receiving the promises of God, Amen. which is the number one way that God wants you to receive everything from him. Hello? I would hate to have to wait on one of you guys to come help me call Pastor Greg and say, Pastor, could you send one of the anointed word of life, or, or sorry, not word of life, late church folks down to pray for me because I've got a problem. Well, I'll see if anybody wants to come up there, Pastor Kenny, but I don't know. That's Wichita. No good thing comes out of Wichita. We have to make a decision. I'm not going to teach you about the manifestation of the Spirit to get you healed tonight. I'm not going to teach you about you praying for one another by confessing your faults to get you healed tonight. I'm not going to teach you about calling for the elders of the church tonight. I'm going to teach you about you getting it for yourself. Okay? So 
What I hope is that I can stir your, up your hearts and minds that you'll know that it's God's desire for you to be made whole. Because generally speaking, that's the number one way. We had a doctrine if people would pray, well, if, if it's the Lord's will, uh, I know he'll raise me up. You know what that tells me? You haven't spent very much time talking to your father about it and seeing what he said in his word. Because if you had, you'd know. Come on, somebody. There's no reason why any child of God should not know that it's God's will to heal them. No reason. What that tells me is you are, you are not doing what the word says when the word tells you to study to show yourself approved. Now, we always, I know that it says a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But listen, I tell my people. When we look at the word of God and prayer and the things that God is asking us to do, it is not so that he will accept us or that we can be proven righteous and good in front of him. The things that God asked me to do, the sacrifices he asked me to make is not about me pleasing him. It has nothing to do with works. I understand that he's asking me to do these things for my own benefit. Come on, when I tell people, well, we, I need to just set myself aside with the Lord and pray. I, I, one time I told someone, I need to come aside with the Lord more and seek him. And this fellow r- rips out Galatians 3, having begun in the spirit, do you now seek to be justified by the works of the flesh? I said, no, I'm seeking to be intimate with my father so that I can get every barrier out of the way that's going to keep me from receiving his direction and his guidance and his provision for my life. The reason why God wants us to be holy as he is holy is not so we can be this uh, uh, shiny trophy in the glass case for him, but it's so that we can clear the way in front of us that the things out of our life that are going to keep us from hearing and receiving what he wants to say. Because God wants to talk to us. And the person that says, I just wish I could hear God is the person that's got too much junk in the way. The reason why God wants you to press in and, and study the word and, and dig in is so that you can remove all the garbage out of the way that will keep you from hearing and being sensitive to him. So when we don't get into the word, we're not hurting God. We're not making him, we're not even making him mad. You didn't read the word, so I'm not answering you today. We'd be that way, right? You know, if somebody doesn't do something the way we like it, then we turn around and we say, well, you, I'm just going to wait till you reach out to me because bless God, I've done all I'm going to do. God's not that way. God reaches out to us with his word and he's talking to us all the time. But if we're not in a position to hear, come on. When I first started playing baseball as, a, as a, a young child, I was not good in the outfield. You know why? Too many distractions in the outfield. I find a grasshopper over here. Look at this grasshopper. And my coach is yelling, Gary, the ball's coming. I'm out of position. The game is going on, but I am too distracted. Hello. So... We have to know that, that it is God's desire to heal us. Just as it was Jesus' desire to minister to this man. He went straight to that man. You know, he went over hundreds of people to get to that man. Why? Because he wanted to help him out. Before people, here's, here's my point. Before people can have a steadfast faith for healing in their body, they must be rid of all uncertainty concerning God's will on the matter. 
When you come to God for healing, you can't have any doubt. You can't have any uncertainty. You have to get rid of every bit of uncertainty. How many know that Pastor Greg has taught you that you cannot, uh, you cannot receive anything beyond the, the knowledge of your faith? What you know will determine the, the height of your faith of your faith and you cannot go beyond your faith right and so you cannot appropriate healing beyond the knowledge of god's revealed will concerning healing why because your knowledge of god's will concerning revealed will concerning healing is what's going to spark your faith in that area and if you don't know what god's revealed will concerning that is you're not going to have faith to get it done faith comes by what and hearing what Right? Another translation said faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and continually hearing the word. Amen? And so appropriating faith cannot go beyond the knowledge of God's revealed will concerning healing. So before you ever attempt to exercise your faith for healing, folks, you must know what the word plainly says about God's will concerning healing. Too many times we are trying to to uh, receive, pray the prayer of faith or receive or, or pray for healing before we know what God's word has said. There's an order of things that have to happen before you ever begin to believe God for healing. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Listen, the current battle that I'm in will not be won by what I've learned over the years. It'll be won, it'll be won by what I'm ingesting right now. I can't say, I don't know why I'm losing weight. I should be full after all the food that I've eaten over the years. I've got to eat for today. Because I've used up what's yesterday. Yes. What, what I, uh, listen, I know a steak's good, but I can't experience it unless I put it in my mouth today. Oh, I can't live off the memory of the best steak I've ever had. Come on now. Well, that was a good steak, man. I feel full just thinking about it. I mean, no, I'm just going to keep losing weight, keep losing weight. What's wrong with you? Well, I'm thinking about that steak every day, babe. I'm thinking about it, and I feel full every time I think about it. Well, now you've dropped another 20 pounds. You know, you got to eat something, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we've got to go to the word every day. So you have to know what the word plainly teaches on the subject. You have to understand that it's God's will to heal your body just as much as it's his will to, to uh, bring life into your spirit. Amen. Amen? Yes. If you're a child of God, you're entitled to everything the word declares is for his children. Yeah. Right? So, it is only by knowing that God promises what you're seeking that all uncertainty can be removed and a steadfast faith is made possible. Let me say that again. It is only by knowing that God promises what you're seeking that all uncertainty can be removed. Unless you remove all uncertainty, you will never receive what you're seeking from God. Because uncertainty is the same as what? Doubt. And Jesus said unto un, or unbelief, and Jesus said to his disciples, what? You can't do anything for this boy because of your unbelief. And the only way to remove unbelief is what? Faith, right? And faith comes only by knowing what God is saying about his word. 
So it's vitally important that our minds are renewed to the word of God. Listen, I like what Brother Hagin used to say. Uh, I'm, I'm very much, my life was very much transformed when my brother went to Rhema Bible College. And some people have said, you're more Rhema than Rhema students that have gone there. Because I ate up everything that Brother Hagin said. And it changed the way that I look at the Word of God. I mean, it changed the way that I look at the Word of God. I don't, I don't look at it like I did under, you know, because I was under Pentecostal, you know, and we didn't have a lot of teaching. My pastor could preach. He could preach, man, but we, we didn't have a lot of teaching. We tell people, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Well, because it'll give you power. That's all we knew. I learned under Brother Hagin, there are 10 reasons why every believer should be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. That's about 10 reasons more than I knew before I found out. Are you with me? But Brother Hagin said, your mind will stay no more renewed than your hair will stay combed. In my case, my mind is renewed all the time, isn't it? Because my hair is never out of place. I wish that were the case. But, you know, just like you who have hair, you know, you got to fix it every day, don't you? Right? You don't fix it. Oh, my goodness. You probably don't want to leave the house. Hello? Your mind will not stay renewed any more than your hair will stay combed. And so you have to renew your mind every day. Every day, give us, Jesus taught them in prayer, give us this day, our daily bread. Jesus is teaching his disciples, you got to have manna from God every day. And what is the manna from God that we need? It's the word of God. Amen. So, it's vitally important for us that we renew our minds to the will of God concerning healing so our thoughts can be in harmony with his will in order to receive his desire for us, all right? In other words, we have to be in total agreement with God when it comes to what we're believing him for. You can't be out of agreement with God and receive what you want. You may want something, but if you're not in agreement, you can't get it. And the only way that I can be in agreement is not come to a consensus with God. We're not going to sit down and argue it out till we come to the middle ground, I either believe what he says or we'll never be in agreement. With God, he says, this is the way it's going to be. Now, you get in line with that, you'll be okay. Come on. Kind of like me telling my kids, listen, if you will do this, you'll never get another whooping in your life. I don't want a spanking dad. Well, why'd you do that? I don't know. We're kind of like that with God. Why ain't you grasping hold of my word? I don't know. Come on now. So, for you and I to have faith for the appropriation of God's promised blessing, we have to know and act on God's word. So, Romans ten seventeen, what's it say? It says, so then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So, this means that the right mental attitude, folks, or renewed mind makes steadfast faith possible to all. If you have the right mental attitude or renewed mind. See, when we say words like mental attitude, people think, oh, I, you know, he's just talking just natural stuff. No, you have to have your mind renewed. Uh, one of the things that I tell people a lot is that we have to be careful when we look at the word of God that we do not look at it from the point of the fallen nature. 
because many commentaries, many things are written in order to try to explain things that happened or didn't happen, and they're trying to reason it out in their minds, and they come up with this commentary, and then we get a whole new doctrine that never was the Word of God. What they're saying is not in line with the Word of God, and a lot of times we try to make sense through our reason rather than how did God say we're to, to, to receive things with childlike faith. In other words, he didn't ask us to figure it out. I said he didn't ask us to figure it out. How many of you parents, when you told your kids something, they said, why? You said, because I said so. Right? That's the same way God is saying with us. Hey, look, quit trying to reason this out in your heads and just receive it. Just receive it because, listen, I'm just, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And if you'll just take what I'm saying and receive it by faith, then it's going to be active in your life. You don't have to understand it because there's life in the word. That's the cool, that's the cool thing. You know, the, the word does not say that, that uh, uh, men are destroyed uh, for lack of understanding. Did you hear me? It didn't say that you're destroyed for lack of understanding. It said lack of. So all I have to know is what the word says. It doesn't mean I have to understand it with this carnal uh, muscle. Right? I just have to know it and receive it. He didn't say I had to understand it. Well, that's going against some of your thinking right now. Well, now I don't know about that. I really think you need to understand the word. Well, listen, I, I, I'll tell you what. You go ahead and try to figure it out, and I'll just believe it, and we'll see who gets what the quickest. Come on, somebody. You, you try to figure it out. You spend all that time. And I'm not saying that we don't need to have understanding, because the Bible says we need to have understanding. Right? But what I'm saying is I can receive the knowledge of the word and it will work whether my mind gets it or not. As a matter of fact, many times, if you'll just believe it, your mind may never get why it worked. How do I pay tithe, have this salary, pay out this many bills, and what I, what I got in salary doesn't equal what I paid out in bills? Where did the extra come from? Many times over the course of my life that's happened. Where at the end of the year, I go, I paid this much out. This is what I earned. How did that happen? It's God being faithful to his word, answering my transaction. So we have to have the right mental attitude or renewed mind, which makes steadfast, pay, steadfast faith possible to all. Therefore, we have to renew our minds, right? Right? Romans 12, 2. What's it say? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Did you notice that? That the mind renewing is the only thing that brings about the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It, it's the only way we can prove the good, acceptable, and, and perfect will of God. Is through a renewed mind. You can't prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God without having a renewed mind. It's impossible. It's impossible because if my mind is not renewed, I can't get an agreement with him. If I can't get an agreement with him, I can't believe what he's saying. If I can't believe what he's saying, I can't have faith. If I don't have faith, then I can't receive. Right? So, the, so it's imperative 
that I pick up his word and renew my mind every day, especially along the lines of where my need is. Right? I've got to hear and be, be made whole. Amen? Hear and be healed. If I, if I want to be made whole, if, if my will you be made whole is yes, I will be made whole. I have to do this. I have to renew my mind. I'm teaching you because, again, healing can come many ways. But what I'm trying to teach you tonight is how you can get it. Wouldn't it be better not have to wait on somebody else to help you out than to have to wait till somebody with the goods can come along and do it? I would hate to be, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, come on. I would hate, I'll just put it this way. I would hate to be in a situation where I had to depend on somebody else to get free when I can do it on my own. I mean, you, you, you break down on the side of the road or you get stuck on the side of the road. Wouldn't you rather get yourself out than have to wait for somebody to come along all night long, all day long, right? What did Jesus say? See, you have that ability. Jesus said it. In John, he said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I don't have to wait on somebody to bring me the truth. I've got the truth. And when I know the truth, it'll make me free. When I know the truth about healing, when I know the truth about deliverance, when I know the truth about safety, soundness, and preservation, it will work in my life. I can know the truth. I don't have to wait for you to bring me the truth. I have the truth. Thy word is truth. Oh, my goodness. So, I'm not getting very far, Pastor Greg. Not in my notes. But do I ever. I can have like three pages of notes and, and it'll take me five weeks to do it. So, my wife says that I'm not quite near as bad as Rick Renner where I can preach a whole series on I, John. Because uh, I definitely can't do that, but, but I can take a scripture and make it last a long time. So I want you to see the word a little differently tonight. I want you to look at it in a little different way than maybe you've looked at the word before. And so uh, we're going to start by saying this as I'm trying to transition you to look at the word differently. I, I want you to look at the word as seed. The word is seed. Okay. The word is seed, okay? Notice what Jesus said in the, in the parable of the sower in Luke 8, 11. He said, now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God, okay? The seed is the word of God. Jesus said the word is the seed. It's the divine life. Until the person seeking healing is sure from God's word that it's God's will to heal him, he is trying to reap a harvest where no seed is planted, If you don't plant seed, there is no harvest. Too often times we're trying to reap a harvest where we planted no seed. Freedom from sickness comes from knowing the truth, right? But God does not do anything apart from his word. The word of God is his will. If I don't know the word, I don't know his will. If I don't know his will, I can't plant the seed. Right? So Psalm 107.20 said, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, not only, I want you to see this because 
I saw something in this that I hadn't seen before. When did he send his word and heal them? Somebody knows something here. They're taught too well. I used to think he was talking about a word, a prophetic word, a written word, but it's talking about he sent Jesus and he healed them. So he sent his word and he healed them, right? So Jesus is the word made flesh. And Jesus himself bore our sin on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Healing was paid for at that moment. Well, if healing was paid for at that moment, Pastor Kenny, then why can't I get my healing? Well, because you're, 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 many times we take something we've heard and we try to apply that as faith and something that I've heard back in the past is not living right now. I know a lot of stuff, but unless, unless I'm boning up on that stuff, listen, I used to, I, I was so bad in high school. Now I've since gone and graduated high school. I did it in my fifties, but I did it. Um, and that's no joke. I did. My wife made sure that I got my high school diploma. I had to go back and take all three years. It was terrible. And so it took me almost three years to do it too. Uh, but anyway, but I was, I was so bad in high school and I flunked, I flunked math so much, I flunked English so much, and history so much, that I had, my senior year, I had two hours of, of shop classes for English. So I'm making projects. They're, th- they're tr- trying to teach me a trade. And I had two hours of auto mechanics for history. And so I spent two hours a day working on cars and two hours a day uh, making things in metal shop and wood shop. And so, man, I'm getting a skill and I'm, I'm learning English, aren't I? And I'm learning history, aren't I? Right? And so I, I just, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like school, right? So they, so they, they, they did this. Well, I learned how to put together and build motors. And of course, my dad was very mechanical. And my first car, we rebuilt the motor and put it in and blew it up before I ever got to drive it. And then (laughs) built another one. And then I blew up three transmissions, drag racing. And so I had to learn how to put those in myself. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't very smart back then. And, and I didn't know that in a regular automatic transmission, you don't just rev the motor and then drop it in gear. That'll kind of tear them up. And so I did two or three of them that way and, uh, didn't work, you know, but anyway, didn't know nothing about power breaking at the time. So it's just like, wah, pow. And it's like, eh. <laughs> and that's all it did and didn't go nowhere no more. <laughs> now I learned all that stuff and I know how to hone cylinders and I know how to set valves and put valve springs in and I know how to, you know, do heads and all that kind of stuff and everything that goes with it. But now if I was going to do that today, I haven't done it in years. I'm going to have to refresh. I'm going to have to do some studying because I would get in there and I'd go, uh, well, I think this goes here. I think that looks like it could go there. And that's the way we do with the word of God. Many times we've heard it. We get there. Well, I'm just going to confess this and there's no life in it because you haven't taken time to refresh yourself on it. Too much of the time. So he sent his word and healed them. Well, Jesus, having died on the cross 2,000 years ago today physically for me, or 2,000 years ago, you know, from today, he's not physically here to 
do it again for me today to see it. So how am I going to refresh myself? Again, the word is seed. I'm going to have to go back to the word. And I'm going to have to read all the places where Jesus uh, made a, a, a provision for my healing. Hello? I'm going to have to go and refresh and renew my mind. And I was talking to Pastor Greg today, you know, as we were, we were headed out to lunch. And I said, you know, I said, uh, and we were just talking, we were, we've been talking a lot. But anyway, I said, uh, you know, uh, I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was telling my people that many times we read all kinds of books on subjects that we want to learn about. And we'll fill our minds with what this one said or what that one said. And I'm all for that. I'm for the revelation that God gives. To pa- I read Pastor Greg's books, you know, and, and I'm blessed by them, right? And the revelation that he's been given and received. But his books won't save me. No. Because the, as anointed as his writing is, it's not alive like this. Because it's the revelation of what came alive to him through his study of this that, that he put into words. Those books, though they will encourage you and they will give you revelation in things, they will not, this is the only living book. This is the word made, or this is the, this is the, the flesh word put into words for you and I. This book is alive. I said, you know, no other book that I pick up and start reading will do in my spirit what this does. I don't even have to be reading about what what my need is. I can just be reading anything and I can feel the life of God begin to stir me up on the inside. This is the most important book to the believer beyond any kind of library you can have. And I encourage you, get a good library, but understand you cannot uh, uh, go to your library and forsake this. Because this is where the living word is. This is where the seed is that's going to produce the harvest in your life. Hello? And so he sent his word and healed them. Yes, Jesus came in the fullness of time and he paid the price. But if I'm going to find out what he provided, it's going to come from here. Right? He made sure that it wouldn't just be passed down by word of mouth like it was for so many centuries or so many years in early Christianity. I was reading uh, something the other day by E.W. Kennan. He's talking about the word. And do you know that uh, many of the Pauline letters, uh, uh, the gospels, the gospels were written years after Jesus had already ascended into heaven. And the story of his ascension and the church was growing by word of mouth, by oral recitation and, and probably expounding on the Old Testament scriptures concerning him. But, but what we have in our hands that God laid out for us to know exactly what he wants us to have, it didn't exist in the early church. Not for, not for years. But God kept it pure. And, and then he inspired men to write it down so that you and I would have it so that we could, we could sow the seed of it into our hearts and lives so that it would produce faith that would cause us to be able to grasp hold of and receive God's intended provision for us. And when we're talking about healing, we're talking about his provision for you. We're talking about what he wants for you as a child of God, as part of the body of Christ. 
Because here's the deal. God wants you whole not only so that you can enjoy life, but so that you can be a blessing to the kingdom. There's work to be done. And if you're, if you're uh, uh, all sick or if you're crippled or, or all of this, and listen, if you've got some kind of, of, of issue, that's not God's best for you. It's not God's best for you. And the question is, will you be made whole? Well, I've had this preacher and that preacher pray for me. Well, I got good news for you. You can get it yourself. You don't have to have this preacher or that preacher pray for you. If that's the only way you're going to get it, we're all in trouble. The highest compliment I can pay God is to simply believe what he says here. Not to believe he can and not to believe he can do it through somebody else, but I can believe that he said it right here for me. That's the highest compliment. You know, Pastor Greg tell me something, and I'll go, oh, that's good, that's good. And then i got to go to somebody else. Pastor Greg told me this. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, I'll believe it now. That's not a very good compliment, is it? Right? But now Pastor Greg tells me, and I just say, yeah, yeah, I accept that. That's the highest compliment I can pay him. The highest compliment that you can pay God is not to have gifts of healings or working of miracles happen in your life. It's not to have some the, the prayer of faith. And all those things are for us, and we need to take advantage of them. They're avenues to help us when we can't get it on our own. Amen. But bless God, our best and our highest compliment we can pay is just to believe that he said it's for us and receive it. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Thank you for being such a good good crowd tonight. Uh, Psalm 107.20 in the Fenton's translation says, I like this. He sent out his word and it healed and from their corruptions it freed. He sent his word and it healed. Now we know it is a hymn. He healed, right? But this is the word of God. Amen. We say that. We say that. This is the word of God. This is Jesus in written form. Well, to the degree we give this prominence in our life is to the degree we're giving Jesus prominence in our life. Oh, I love you, Jesus. But then we don't read him. I love you, Jesus, but we don't read him. Come on. We read this book and that book and we've got dusty Bibles all over our house. They're more for decoration than for reading. Oh, don't mess with that too much. You'll rub the gold off the edges. That's my decoration Bible for the living room. Don't mess with my decoration Bible for the family room. It's a little more rustic because that's the decor of the family room. I got a rustic Bible. This would be my family room Bible. It's a little rustic, a little used looking. You know, it's about to fall apart, but that's a good thing. Right? An unused Bible never helped anybody. Come on. Yeah, I got one for the kitchen, one for the bathroom. I got as many Bibles as I got TVs in my house. Come on, somebody. I'll watch the TVs, but I won't read the Bible. Then I wonder why I can't be victorious. I just don't know why I can't get my healing. Well, what are you standing on? What do you mean, what am I standing on? What, what, what scriptures are you standing on? My Bibles are too good to put on the floor and stand on. No, no, no. What, what are you believing? What, what scriptures are you using? Oh, well, I don't have any of those. You got a whole book for them. What's wrong with you? A whole book full of them. You need to get in them. Get in them. Let them get in you. 
What I'm trying to say is all his work is done in faithfulness to his promises. He is faithful to his promises. For each sick person to know that it's God's will to heal heal him, it's necessary for the seed to be planted in his mind and his heart. And it's not planted until it's known, received, and trusted. The seed is not planted until it's known, received, and trusted. I'm just standing on the word. Okay, really? What? Well, what, what are you standing on? Well, like the Bible, the word. Okay, but what scriptures? Well, you know, the ones about healing. Well, like which ones are you saying every, saying every day? Why would I say them every day? I'm just standing on them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You see, it's the word of God that's planted, watered, and steadfastly trusted that will produce its harvest. It heals both soul and body. The seed must remain planted and kept watered before it can produce its harvest. It's not enough just to say one time, I'm believing this scripture. You got to keep watering it. How do I keep watering it? Well, I got to keep refreshing it. I got to keep rolling it over my mind. What What did the Lord tell Joshua to do in order to make his way prosperous and have good success? Let this book of the law, this book of the law shall be in your mouth and in your heart. You shall meditate in it day and night, right? So it can make your way prosperous, right? So I'm messing that up, but you know what I mean, right? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate in it day and night uh, and and do everything that's commanded in it. And then it will be, oh, I'm messing it up. Anyway, you know what I mean. That happens sometimes. So, I need to be wrapping up, guys. I'm not going to get near all this done. I knew I wouldn't, so I wasn't even attempting to. For anyone to say that I believe the Lord is able to heal me before he knows from God's word that he is willing to heal him is like a farmer saying, I believe God is able to give me a harvest without any seed being planted and watered. I'm just waiting for my harvest. Well, what did you plant? My wife's grandfather was a farmer just pretty much all of his life. And uh, just a tremendous man of God. Uh, he stood about five foot uh, four, five four, and, Lori, and my wife's grandmother was about five three, same height as my wife, without heels. And uh, he was a farmer all his life. That man was a hardworking farmer, and he, he farmed a lot of land. But you know what? He never expected a harvest without planting seed. And he never expected a harvest without tending to what he planted. That man was out there working all the time, making sure that it wasn't overgrown with thorns and thistles and making sure that it was getting the proper nutrients and, and doing everything he can, you know, in, in, in his power. When there was no rain, he's watering, right? Because it has to grow. For your faith to grow, it needs to be watered. It's got to be tended. It's not enough to know. It has to be received, believed, and watered. Amen? Right? God cannot save the soul of a man before the man knows for himself God's will in the matter. That's why it says, the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth 
And in thy heart, the word which we preach, that if you'll confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raising from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then it goes on to say, how will they hear if there's no preacher? If the guy, if the word doesn't come, then the knowledge can't be there. If the knowledge can't be there, it can't be received, believed, and acted upon. If it's not received, believed, and acted upon, then the man cannot be saved. Right? And so, if the word is not planted in your heart and your life, and then if it's not watered, received, and believed, then it, it can't produce a harvest. I know it's God's will to heal me. Well, what are you doing about it? Will you be made whole? Or are you just going to sit there and just hope something happens? I know the Bible says I can be healed. I just, don't, I just don't see anything happening. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm just waiting, just waiting on the Lord. Our concept of waiting on the Lord is not what it really means to wait on the Lord, right? We think we're kind of sitting at a bus stop just waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. He's going to come by sometime. I'll get what I need. I'll just wait here until I get what I need. And that's the totally wrong concept. We're like in a fancy restaurant. We have our fancy suit on. We've got the little towel draped over our arm. And we're saying, what, what may I do? I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm doing his business. I'm picking up his word. I'm feeding myself on his word. I'm, I'm what are you saying, Lord? I'm at the feet of Jesus. I'm listening. I want to know. I'm waiting on the Lord. I've got my little deal. What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? Show me what to read. Show me what to stand on. I thank God for my wife because she's like the coolest individual in the world. She has to be. She married me, so. But my wife doesn't just pick scriptures and stand on them. She says, Lord, what scripture do you want me to stand on? The quickest way to receive from God is to get his direction. Are you with me? So she don't just go through and find healing scriptures. She'll go, okay, Lord, what scripture do you have for my husband's knees? And I mean, she is just, and between her and I, mostly her, but between her and I, thank God, because she's more faithful about it than I am. She said she had a scripture for my knees, and she's every day confessing that scripture over me. You know, sometimes I would hear, and then I agree, yes, Lord. But I promise you, my knees are so much better. You need to ask the Lord, what do you want me to stand on? What's my scripture for this, Lord? What seed do I need to plant? The good news is if you'll listen to him, he'll give you a bunch of seeds to plant, all perfect for your situation. Because God is saying to you, will you be made whole? The second thing he's saying to you, then you have to receive my word and attend to my word. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close with that, Pastor. And so I, I encourage you, don't, don't ever just sit there and wait for God to manifest in your life. You've got to go after it. You've got to be aggressive. Amen. You got to be aggressive and you have to reach out. You, you have your part. God has done his part and everything you need is there at your disposal. You just have to go get it. When my kids were little, they, they couldn't talk much. They would go, uh, and hold me a cup. Uh, 
right? And I go, oh, you want something to drink? Drink, 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 uh, drink, uh. Okay, let's get you a drink. It didn't work the first time, didn't work the second time, third time. But, you know, pretty soon, I'm like, you're going to say drink or you're not getting a drink. Dehydrated one or two of them, but it's all right. They're, they're okay now. I'm just kidding. I didn't. But there came a point in time when the girls would be sitting in a chair, you know, 12, 13 year olds. Mom, I want a drink. I, I intervene. Go get it. You got legs. You know, how to, you know how to ask for it. You can get up and get it. It's in there. It's yours. Go get it. And that's what God is saying to us. We, when we first got saved, we were like, eh, and God would answer. But he expects you to grow up. And now he's, when you go, eh, he's going to say something. Eh. Healing, please. Go to my word and get it. Your legs aren't broke. That's what my mama used to say. You go get it. Your legs aren't broke. And God is saying, God is expecting us to go to his word. We've been in this long enough, many of us, that it's time we started getting out of our seats and going to the refrigerator of the word and getting what we need. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. All right. This is also, and I know that Pastor does this often, and they've had a request for a cloth to be played, prayed over for a family member. This is a situation where they can't come. And so in that case, we're absolutely doing the biblical scriptural thing. Now, I recognize that this doesn't, you know, we're doing this by faith. And God honors his word. He said that it was done. And so we're going to honor his word and believe by faith. And as y'all agree with us, our faith will come together. And I believe when they lay hands, it's going to work. Amen. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Over in the book of Acts, Father, it said that, they, that Paul laid hands on aprons and handkerchiefs, Father God. And when they were placed upon those that were ill, Father God, they were healed instantly. Lord, we in that spirit, Father God, believe that, Lord, the prayer of a righteous man maketh, uh, prayer of a righteous man maketh tremendous uh, faith available dynamic in its working and we release the anointing into this cloth father god believing that your word works and that power will be released father god when this touches the body of that individual father and i thank you healing and wholeness will be released and lord they will be raised up just like they were in the book of acts father in the mighty name of jesus hallelujah amen thank you lord amen praise the lord If you need healing in your body, or we're going to have the counselors that are going to be up here and uh, just come up. <clears throat> the Word is active, working right now. And uh, so we need to take that Word and begin to, you know, activate that. And uh, so it's important for us to, you know, not just hear these messages, but receive these messages, take them within, and begin to walk them out. Amen. You know, some sometimes God will uh, lead you in a in a in a healing journey, 
in which he, you know, begins to uh, reveal certain things, you know, progressively. And, uh, you know, that's uh, sometimes that happens. And many times people will not receive prayer because they said, well, I was prayed for things of that nature. But my, my pastor said it this way. He said, you come up and ask them to agree with what you've already prayed. And the laying on of hands and the anointing that's transferred can work as a treatment, as a means of expediting the healing process. And that's, you know, God can multiply the healing process. Amen. Did you know you already have healing in you? You already do. Even as a as an Adamite, as in Adam, you have healing in you because you don't, you know, if you scraped your elbow or you scraped your knee, is it still scraped? No, it's not because healing power has, was administered to you. And uh, praise the Lord. What divine healing is, is just the expediting uh, or the increasing of the capacity to heal faster. And that is what he has for us. You don't need to be sick. You don't need to be infirmed. God has made provision. If we'll get cross-eyed and look at the cross, I love what uh, Derek Prince, he, he got a, uh, a word when he was infirmed. He had a, a skin disease, skin disorder, uh, and it held him up in World War II. He was in hospitals majority of his time when he was in the war. And uh, this uh, elderly lady that was part of the Salvation Army came by direction of God to get him he wasn't he didn't even he just recently knew the lord and and uh he said they got in this little european car and uh it was uh this lady that was a uh, salvation army uh, person and then this little small little lady and then a guy that drove and he said they took him out of the hospital and put him in the car and they just started to pray in tongues they prayed in tongues till the whole car started shaking he said it just started shaking. The whole car started shaking. And right after the shaking stopped, uh, a tongue came forth. And, and they, they gave that tongue out. And then the interpretation came. And this is the interpretation that was for his dilemma. He said, consider the cross perfect in every aspect, perfect in every respect. And he took that and never had that again. He considered the cross, got into the word, took his medicine because God's word is medicine. It's not like medicine. It is medicine. And just like he said, when you read that book, strength enters into your body. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are not like any other words. This isn't Stephen King here. They said, you know, this isn't Tom Clancy. This is the living, breathing word of God. And when, when you read the word, you're receiving spirit life into your body. Amen? And so they're going to be up here after the close of service, and we're just going to have a wonderful time this weekend as we continue cross-eyed. I'm excited about it. God is doing some tremendous things. We're seeing transformation happen. Because 2023 is going to be a year of dominion and victory in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that? 
You know, the reason why we're doing this and talking about healing is because there are two things that you need for this next season. It's going to be wealth and health. You're going to need that. Those are the things that affect your life more than anything. You've got to understand that when you're going to do anything for God, you've got to have provision and you've got to have strength. And if you don't know how to get it for yourself, there's not going to be a meeting showing up and pulling up. There's not going to be a gospel tent putting up by your in your backyard. You've got to be able to get in the Word, find out for yourself what God says, appropriate it, receive it, and move on. Amen? Because the enemy wants to stop the church, and he's impeded the church by impeding their finances and impeding their health. Some of the sickest people in the world are people that are in the church. Some of the poorest people in the world are people that are in the church. I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm just saying that he has done his work. And it's time for us to realize that Jesus has provided for these things. doesn't mean we go overboard. doesn't mean we, you know, come on now. Hallelujah. Praise God. God wants to take care of you. Amen. Hallelujah. And people say, well, you know, you're the health and wealth bunch. Well, it's better than being the sick and poor bunch. Amen. Hallelujah. And when I talk about wealth, I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking, he's our inheritance. I'm not talking about a number. I'm not talking about the size of a house. I'm not talking about a kind of a car. I'm not talking about clothes. I'm talking about understanding that Jesus is our wealth. And that Jesus will take care of you financially. He will help you. He has helped me. And he will also help you in your body. He has already done it. Amen? Do you believe that? You don't act convinced. You better believe it. Because we're in a war. And if you're in a war, you need provision. And you need strength. Hello? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Kenny. Amen. So they're going to be up here to pray with you and to help you. And uh, we're going to dismiss in the name of Jesus. Amen.